0: Hey, Wizards fans, welcome to the latest edition of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. Hope everyone is enjoying this long eight-game homestand, the longest of the season. Wizards are playing some really good basketball. So we decided we were going to chop it up with the rookie, Corey Kispert, on this edition. We're going to find out if he's had his welcome to the NBA moment yet. But he has had a fanboy moment, and you won't be surprised to know which NBA All-Star that was but before we get to the interview with Corey just a reminder make sure you download a subscribe and leave a comment on the off the bench podcast let us know how we're doing and let us know if there's any questions you want me to ask players front office types as we're getting close to the February trade deadline all right sit back and relax and enjoy this latest edition of the off the bench podcast with Wizards rookie Corey Kispert Capital One Arena is partnering with Clear to help Wizards fans get into home games faster for free. Beat the crowds on game day and enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Download the free Clear app and get started today by selecting Wizards. When you arrive, you'll take a quick picture at the Clear pod to confirm you are you and then walk right in. Download the free Clear app today to get started. Hey Corey, I want to start with just kind of like we're at the midway point of the season, and it's your rookie season. So, kind of big picture, what the first half was like for you?
1: Uh, it's it's been a real like growing journey for me. Like getting here, I had a really good training camp, started off strong, um, and then you know the results in the games didn't necessarily follow what I was doing in training camp, mm-hmm. and it was you know there's some days it was tough to kind of um muster up the confidence to to get out there and play the way I knew how to play and I think that results showed on the court and um thankfully the coaches and the staff and the players you know continue to believe in me and who Mm -hmm. I am as a player and you know now with more game experience more minutes under my belt and just playing you know in that rhythm of every other night I feel way more comfortable out there Mm -hmm. um I feel like a different player I feel more confident I feel like a player that um really belongs and can have a lot of success in the league and um you know it's Amazing that we're only halfway through it. You know, I've been through all of that transformation yeah. in just half a year. I'm really excited to see what the other half of it brings.
0: You're so confident the other night, man, you really tried to go catch a body. I mean, I was like,
1: <laughs> I was on the broadcast. I was tried. like, oh, Corey still thinks he's in college.
0: Okay, I love it. But that is what I think people don't really realize is you have played, at, you've been the best player on your team probably your whole life. Mm-hmm. And then you get drafted. To the place where you've ultimately always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. I asked Denny this, and I want to ask you is the NBA everything you thought it was when you were a kid watching it, close to it, and now being here?
1: Yeah, when I was a kid, I definitely envisioned it a lot different. Like, you don't see, and you don't even imagine all the behind the scenes stuff that goes with it. You don't imagine the travel, you don't imagine the hotels, the practices the you know time zone changes you don't even think about that you just watch them play and hit big shots on tv Mm -hmm. so as a kid growing up that's all you think about and you know as i got older my perception of the nba changed it changed like i had really lucky to have like friends and teammates that went before me and played in the league so i was able to kind of learn it through them um so i wasn't surprised by too much coming in this year
0: so let's talk about the stuff that has nothing to do with actually playing the game it's the the travel, mm. uh, it's the treatment, it's the film study, it's the not playing, it's the sleepless nights, why am I not playing, When am I not, how have you kind of navigated that and who have you kind of leaned on to just be like, hey, is this is this normal?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, you gotta see the big picture, right? And that's that's really hard to do. Like we were talking about before we went live, like we're 42 games into the season, we're barely halfway through it and i've already played a full college schedule like from what i'm used to so the period of time from the beginning of the season till now for me feels like an eternity but in reality in the grand scheme of the nba we're just you know on a little blip so you got to see the big picture that things take time to develop things take time um, to work themselves out and you got to have patience and it's really hard to do for someone that's um, so driven and wants success like right away Um, but it was ultimately the best thing for me to have to Mm -hmm really grind it out and work hard. I mean, I leaned a lot on, you know, different players. Um, I think of like Anthony Gill, Denny, um, Rui, uh, Joel Ayayi coaches, uh, Ryan Richmond, Alex McLean, those guys have really invested in me and worked hard uh, with me to help me um, kind of get out of my shell a little bit. And like I said, you know, earlier, we're only halfway through. So, you know, the sky's the limit for the the next half of the season
0: you said something interesting there you said patience are you by nature patient or impatient
1: impatient very impatient something i have to work hard at for sure really yeah yeah i mean in a growing up and playing a game that's so like results driven Mm -hmm. like i want to achieve and i want to um you know, score points, I want assists, I want to win, I want to this, 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 but when you come into a league that's so competitive and everybody on the floor, you know, one to 15, or everybody on the bench, one to 15 is so good. Um, Sometimes that, you know, achievement doesn't happen, you know, right away for everybody. So, you know, 90% of the rookies in the NBA are going through similar stuff that I'm going through, or I've gone through, like being patient, working hard, Um, You know, the work's not necessarily paying off right away. You're not getting the minutes you want. Like stuff like that is commonplace for rookies in the NBA. And um, you know, I had to realize that step back, see the big picture and and be patient.
0: Corey, I wanna talk to you about this rookie class. I've been highly impressed. Mm -hmm. This is a really good class in the first half of their first year. I can't wait to see what it looks like five, 10 years down the road. We might be talking about a special group. Who has kind of like, surprised you in the class where you go man he really burst on the scene is mm. there anybody that's caught your eye
1: i mean not i think i think they catch everybody else's eye but i've had a front row seat to a bunch of these guys playing mm-hmm. careers you know growing i mean going through high school and college and the aau circuit i think of guys like chris duarte mm-hmm. in indiana um ayo sumu in chicago franz wagner um guys that are really making a name for themselves you know that You know, either you know had long careers in college for a few of them, or you know had a lot of success in college, but you know wasn't really noticed very much. So, um, you know, it's a really talented, special group of group of guys, like you said, and um, you know they're they're making the most of their opportunities left and right.
0: Is there any of those guys that you competed with on the AAU circuit where you go, yeah, I've seen that move before?
1: Yeah, no, I mean (laughs) a lot of the guys that I competed Mm -hmm. with on the AAU circuit you know we're already like drafted you know okay. the one and done guys so they've been in the league for a few years and um you know guys like me had to kind of wait our turn and spend the time in college
0: do you see the value of that though your four years of being more patiently impatient yeah
1: yes yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely like the time that i spent in college and especially that fourth year was the best decision i've ever made as far as my career goes um I'm just thinking about like small things from like the routine that I have when I get into the gym, what kind of treatment I I need after practice or before, the kind of shots that I feel comfortable shooting, um, you know, being a vocal leader, little things like that. Um, I learned and was able to like perfect my last year in college. Mm -hmm. So I I would never undersell the value of college to anybody. I think you got to be smart and really look at yourself in the mirror and understand exactly what you need personally. Um, But I think you can absolutely now develop into an amazing NBA player through four years of college.
0: You know, the value of going to Gonzaga and playing for Coach Few and the fact that you said you've got two of your former teammates here. Mm -hmm. What is it about the Gonzaga system that has produced so many NBA players?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, Coach Few lets you play with a lot of freedom especially, you know, getting up and down, mm-hmm. play with a lot of pace, a lot of possessions. Similar to an NBA game, I feel like, you know, my, over my years at Gonzaga, like, I, I wonder, like, how many times we actually held the ball and didn't shoot past the 24 seconds, you right. know, for like an NBA <laughs> shot clock. Um, you play with a lot of space, the spacing's similar, the concepts are similar, and so, um, you know, all it is when you step on an NBA floor is just learning how to compete against, you know, bigger and stronger athletes because everything that you're doing out there, like X's and O's wise, is Mm -hmm. exactly the same.
0: So to have Joel and Rory on the same team, do you guys find yourselves like the three stooges off in the corner, kind of telling your own jokes?
1: Yeah, talking, (laughs) a lot of inside (laughs) jokes are coming back up and guys are kind of looking at us funny. Um, But that's been great, especially for me, like I'm moving across the country, living on my own, like Mm -hmm. it's all a big adjustment. And having familiar faces, you know, in the building that I can feel comfortable around is huge and has been huge, especially Joel. I mean, Rui, I just only spent two years with Rui, but Joel was like my roommate. Like We were best friends, you know, so having him um, in the building and, you know, only a short drive away if I want to go hang out is um, has really taken a load off my back um, for the rookie year for sure.
0: So uh, another thing that I think Gonzaga has done to help you is to deal with this locker room is really the diversity of thought where people have come from. There's so many different people where they, you know, different countries and stuff like that. How much is that adaptable on the basketball court?
1: I mean, basketball is like a universal language, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's kind of a corny thing to say, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in meck we had guys from Japan and France and uh, Denmark and Spain and Africa. And I mean, anywhere across the globe, you could, you know, put your finger down and chances are someone's been from there. Mm -hmm. And you learn to appreciate culture. You learn to um understand where people are coming from and um but when i when, when the ball goes up and you go to the court like all that fades away and it's a beautiful thing so you know being in a, in a locker room with you know a, spe- with a few guys from different countries uh it's just kind of standard operating procedure for me mm-hmm. um and it's one of my favorite parts about my time at gonzaga was experiencing that um and it's a really cool mm-hmm. part about being here and i'm really looking forward to off season vacations to you know different countries because i got places to stay
0: where you want to go first i think
1: i think i want to go uh joel's from wine country in france so i'll go there and then killian tilly mm-hmm. is uh french riviera south of france so i do the little tour through france
0: can't go wrong with no, that, that uh, speaking of wine has Coos kind of schooled you on his uh his, his palate?
1: yeah Coos and spencer have been really good on that front uh they they were really nice over christmas and gave us a few bottles and um, Spencer did a little wine tasting for us in Houston in the preseason um, it's part of the NBA culture a lot of guys are into the wine and um, you know while I don't have the you know the bank account to keep up with that yet, uh, not, yet. not yet hopefully um, I'm, I'm, I'm soaking it all in and trying to learn as much as I can because uh, it's really cool I love it
0: take me back to the morning of the Knicks game Madison Square Garden you get to start what was that like? Because everybody I've talked to in 15 years covering this team has a n- Madison Square Garden story. Sure. <laughs> what <Yeah>. was yours?
1: <sighs> well, it all started. We played a preseason game there, mm-hmm. and I had a I had a, we played in the second half and had a great second half, mm-hmm. so I felt comfortable. Um, so when I knew I was getting the start. Breathe, like <laughs> breathe. Um, just you know, you know what you're doing you know exactly what's going on like you've done this before just relax and so i truly felt really relaxed out there um you know from the moment that ball went up and i think it showed you know i just felt comfortable and uh, took shots when i was open and let the game come to me um yeah and i really like really like playing in madison square garden needless to say
0: there is something about that organ is it me <laughs> the organ sounds different there than really anything else especially we hear that dun dun mm-hmm. Mm when you're in when you're competing between the lines do you hear it
1: not really it all fades it really does like i i I know there's music going on but like i don't think oh it's the like iconic organ or anything no
0: you're locked in locked in
1: totally i mean it's funny the only thing that i can hear in the stands is my mom whenever she's around (laughs) that's the only thing (laughs) i
0: can hear so you hear her voice specifically she's got got it
1: she's got like a couple cheers and like she can get up like really high with her voice Uh and like that pitch that Mm -hmm. she uses is like it like pierces through everything and i'm here it's it's um, it's uncanny
0: so you've heard that in small gyms and now you're hearing it in 23 plus size thousand venues yep tell me about just having that type of support though since you've been playing basketball since how old?
1: as soon as I could pick one up.
0: And you've always had that support. What's that like? Totally.
1: My dad played college basketball, so he was obviously excited to see me attached to it Mm -hmm. and get excited about it. I played with my brother growing up, my sister played, like our family, we had a, um, we paved our backyard, our entire backyard and had like a basketball, like a half court put in because we were all so excited about it. And, you know, having my, having support from not only my family, but my close friends along the way, um, has been huge like my, my friends from gonzaga and friends from high school are the ones who are you know um, subscribing to league pass and checking mm-hmm. in on me after games and watching every single time or um, texting me you know hey we didn't see the game but we saw the box score like good job da da and um, you know having my having support from you know people that i knew from the very beginning mm-hmm. uh, is incredible because there's those are the people that You know when you you know go for five with you know no points and a rebound they're the ones that are still going to text you and they're still going to be in your corner and uh, those are the people that you know mean the most to us as players um as we get further and further along in our career
0: so when you get away from the game shut it all off first of all how long does it take you kind of like dial down from just a normal game like do you get in the car is it over with then how do you process results, good or bad? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it used to be a lot harder than it is now. Um usually when I get home, it's done. Like I I usually use, you know, like the shower and the drive home to decompress and Mm -hmm. think about it. And as soon as I open the door to my apartment, it's done. Um that's not the case. It's not always how it used to be. Um I think I think through a lot of nights where I up till three, four in the morning, just like your mind's going Mm -hmm. and you can't fall asleep um but that happens less and less now and then forces you to you know the way that the nba is like you know you play and you're flying to the next city and you gotta you gotta literally shift your focus to the next team and you can't afford to think about the last game yeah and that's what's been huge about the nba is not only am i working out online on my own moving on but um it forces you to do that and you know you're you're behind if you don't
0: we've gone through this pandemic for so long i've kind of forgotten when it started How have you kind of handled this, processing this mentally? Because this has been a real taxing situation that everybody, I think, on the planet can relate to. How have you handled it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's different for different people, right? Um, People are affected differently. You know, us as NBA players are affected differently than, you know, people walking around on the street. Um, You know, it just it means I think everyone's had to sacrifice one thing or another. Uh, whether it's you know seeing elderly relatives or um, you know given like not going to school for a year um, for us it's you know doing what we love in front of people I and mean, that's what brings so much joy for us mm-hmm. is playing in front of people um, you know and, and it's just it's amazing to see now that fans are back in arenas and how much support that we get and how much we feed off of it as players. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're so thankful that we have you know resources now to get people in in gyms and arenas and um you know i only expect as time goes on we learn more about it and um can figure out how to you know make it a thing of the past
0: all right so tell me if this has happened to you yet Corey. have you ever woke up in a city and you didn't know what city you were in no not yet that hasn't happened yet okay cool cool so you know when you wake up you're in you're in denver or you're home okay because i will tell you this it's gonna happen it
1: will happen and okay. when it
0: happens i want you to tell me i just want you to go hey chris it
1: Staying happened a, what, it happened when it happened yeah
0: it happened because it's weird when it does happen are you a newspaper reader mm-hmm. you just go online to mm-hmm. read that happened to me once where you just had to look at the paper and be like oh we're in boston <laughs> oh okay that's yeah. crazy um that rookie crazy. duties
1: uh get food here i need a phone charger there um had to get chick-fil-a for the plane a few times
0: not bad nothing
1: bad nothing crazy nothing bad Uh, yeah they 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 treat me well i'm not i haven't been um asked to do anything wild yet
0: now they did tell you that it has to be on your 83rd game that you're no longer a rookie right it's not it's not like oh i played 63 games my rookie year i'm not a rookie anymore yeah should that be collectively bargained
1: I think there's room for negotiation, <laughs> you know, like if you play a lot, and you get hurt, like there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I'm gonna have to come up with a new like CBA agreement between the vets and the rooks on that one. We'll get to it in the summer.
0: How are you dealing with like kind of like the business of basketball? Like it's just, yeah, you're playing, but you know, there are other potential opportunities yeah. for you to do other stuff outside yeah. of playing.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I thankfully have a really, really good agent and really good agencies that help me with that. Um, they understand that I'm Really active in business, like I'm still getting a degree in business, Mm -hmm. and uh, really active in that in that space. And I want to be, you know, much more than a basketball player. You know, whatever um, ventures you know present themselves. So they're bringing up stuff to me left and right, and I'm listening and 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 focusing and and weighing my options and stuff. Um, I'm really I'm really trying to. I mean, but I also understand. You know, on the other hand the better you play and the more that you do on the court, the right. more opportunities will come off of the right. court. So as of right now, I guess I'm taking this year to just really focus on being the best basketball player I can be and kind of reaching out and working on some other stuff. Um, the more, you know, chan- more opportunities I have under my belt.
0: Cory, my last question to you. Have you had your welcome to the NBA moment yet, good or bad?
1: Uh, I mean, I haven't really been, like, big boyed by, like, an all-star yet or, you know, dunked on or, yeah, you know, yeah, where's <laughs> the wood? Where's the wood? Um, so fingers crossed on that. But, like, just even, I mean, I'm such a visual person. Mm-hmm. And you know, every time, when we're on the road, I usually stay out after I warm up and watch the other teams warm up and, you know, wait for their kind of special guys to warm up and um watching katie in person warm up in brooklyn was like about as good as it got for me like i was just glued the whole time and um, it allowed me to kind of get my fanboy out of the way um so i was able to focus on the ball went up but um seeing the best in the world do what they do uh, it just kind of ignites my fire and makes me want to pursue it even more.
0: I tell people all the time there is nothing like watching greatness prepare mm-hmm. for the game mm-hmm. because it's not just they just roll out the ball and they just Katie gets those rhythm shots in for about 10-15 minutes and you're like is he ever going to miss? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you on that. He's he's one of them. Um, Kobe used to always be somebody that I would always just look at and just be like God, look at the work and I remember there was a story once he came here and played the Wizards and I normally get here at like 4 o'clock, and I'm like, where's Kobe at? And they're like, He's yeah, done. he was here at like 2. He's already in the back. And you just, you just marvel at the greatness. I appreciate your time, man. Great perspective. You. Uh, you talk like you're a 10-year veteran, and there will be no rookie duties here on the Off the Bench podcast. Well,
1: thank you, man. I'm glad I can get out of here scot-free. <laughs>
0: thank you. Thank you. <laughs>